got here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the November 13th, 2010 edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, deep in Area 51. Due to the infinite limitations of time travel tonight in the subterranean pools, playing Marco Polo with the original Marco Polo, I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight from the Alston Brighton Hellmouth, our technical wizard and designated plague carrier, Kriana. Oh, what? Sorry, I fell asleep. <laughs> from the four color vault of comics in manchester new hampshire a man who needs no introduction so tonight is not getting one illustrator x well i guess that makes me a big damn hero and his reanimated <laughs> princess of the dam the woman who thinks the walking dead is a cooking show the dead redhead oh and those delicious dishes <laughs> From Outpost Gallifrey in Indiana, our Midwest Crop Circle investigator, part-time RPGer, and a young gentleman who, as part of his parole, is not allowed within 100 yards of any mechanical object that is capable of saying, Danger Will Robinson, Awake by Java. <laughs> oh, I... I, I. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My clever retort was, was completely undone by that introduction. Thank you. You know, every once in a while it kind of happens, doesn't it? Our news, everyone. <laughs> Our special guest tonight, award-winning author, Samantha Boyette. Samantha, hi, how you doing? Good, how are you guys? Uh, we're drunk, so I didn't want to be alone. <laughs> and I would just like to say that she has won more than just our award. Because <laughs> she won our award, but then she actually won an important award. Yeah, she won some real I felt like yours was important. It was the first. <laughs> You're sweet. Thank you so much. <laughs> Samantha Boyette was one of the authors who had their uh, stories published in the Last Man Anthology, which is available at Sword and Saga Press. And there's a link to that on our... I'm sorry? Did it come out? I oh, it's it, out. I believe yeah. it's out now. It's, it's available for order right now. Oh, last time we talked and, about it, it wasn't yet. I'm confused. And if you order it off our website, you get a $2 discount. Using what? Wait, they can't order it directly from our website. No, the there's, code. There's what? the code on our website. What da, code? Da, 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 da. What's the code? Tell them the code. It's on. Our no, website. they have to go to our website. Well, I don't right. even know what the code is. So tell me what the freaking code is. <laughs> tell you I in braille. I don't even remember. Oh, oh, great. So now you're lying to them and saying there's a code. Nobody knows what the code is. but The code is Atlantis 1. Are you, are you serious? Are you lying? No, <laughs> I don't think that's the real code. I could just... The code I, is 
coupon code Atlantis1. You will receive $3 off the price of the book. And oh, see, you now you're just changing everything. You said you $2 a minute ago. This isn't cool, man. Oh, get the hell off it. Thank Forward you. Forward your inquiries to swordandsagapress.com, where editor Hunter Lepore would be happy <laughs> to take <laughs> power over full audience and answer your question. Oh, it is Atlantis one, isn't it? Thank you. Samantha Payette <laughs> is also co-grand prize winner of Tex Novel's 2010 Online Fiction Contest for her novel, Prime. Wow. And we're going to be talking about that, talking about the writing process, and talking about all that other cool stuff with Samantha in the second half hour of the show. In the first half hour of the show, we have a ton of other stuff to get to. And when so I say... stuff? More stuff than humans should be allowed to talk about. And, and if wishes were horses, we'd all be eating steak. Mmm, <laughs> steak. Okay, so what are we going to lead off with tonight? That's what we're leading off with? I Evident. say I'm done, but you know I'm not. Yeah, we know. <laughs> right. well, yeah, for, we can start those, with, what, we had on the, a death, somber note. the death of Dino De Laurentiis. For those of you in the community, the sci-fi community, would know him as the man who brought us the uh, King Kong from the 70s. Oh, God. With Jessica Lange. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, we're just Wasn't saying Katie he put Lang a lot of stuff sure? out there. That's all. He also gave us David Lynch's Dune. However, let's remember that David Lynch did Dune so he could get the money to, be, to do Blue Velvet. So it's worth it. There. I disagree. <laughs> you disagree. I disagree. You didn't like Blue Velvet either? Oh, no, Blue Velvet is great. Uh, <laughs> but but I, nothing can forgive Dune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. It's, it's just one of those train wreck movies. It's just like, oh, Dune's on. Let's just get the popcorn and the beer and let's sit down and watch this for the next 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me angry, X. I had to talk to someone. <laughs> I just remember walking to the movie theater and being handed that piece of paper that explained to you everything that was going on in the movie, and I kept thinking, how am I supposed to read this in the dark while I'm watching the movie? <laughs> I just remember, who was it, uh, was, was yelling at us going, who would wear black on a desert planet? <laughs> And the answer, unfortunately, was half the cast, evidently. <laughs> yeah, but it was nice to see Picard in a pre-Star Trek role there. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Let's be honest. No, it wasn't. But I don't think anybody was ever happy to be in that particular movie. But you know what? De Laurentiis did a lot for the, uh, the side of science fiction movies that nobody really wanted to talk about. The... Uh, well, yeah, if it wasn't for him, Golan and Globus wouldn't be inspired to give us Flash Gordon. Well, I was going to say, at, at least his stuff was a little more classy than Golan Globus and stuff. Yeah, it oh, was. Yeah. You almost couldn't see the zipper in Kong. <laughs> almost. Ow. <laughs> wow, you didn't have to be told to hit him this time. I'm so glad. <laughs> hey, you can see Jessica, Jessica Lang in that kinky outfit she wore. Hey, yeah. she was cool. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, she also she also left that movie off her resume for years <laughs> <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> but 
I do believe Dino was in his late 80s or 90s, so he had a good long life, and our thoughts certainly go out to the De Laurentiis family, but um, we've lost Dino. Yes, we have. Yeah, now Desi and Bobby, and then the trifecta's done. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow, there's a 60s reference nobody's going to get ever. <laughs> so why did you make it? Well, I've got a good one for the group here. Uh, Steve Moffat yeah, said in an interview this... Why is everyone so quiet? <laughs> wow, we're plotting against you. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> no, but Steve Moffat said in an interview this week that he said it's high time that he introduced uh, sexual tension into the ongoing Doctor Who series and that Amy Pond, most of the girls he knew, would have no issue with trying to jump the Doctor first chance they got. Um, I also noticed that all of the comments on Blaster.com regarding this were very much in the camp of it's high time this, this show took it up a notch and just had the Doctor having regular sex with all of his companions. Okay. What do you guys think? Bad idea. Uh, bad thank idea. you. On, on one level, <laughs> the, the thought of um, seeing more of Amy Pond... <laughs> <laughs> Is intriguing and uh, on, yeah, I mean, on I a purely intellectual level. On a purely intellectual uh -huh. level. Reading Playboy for but, the article. But I absolutely agree. Uh, that one of the great things about the relationships between the doctor and his companions, whether they're male or female, um, has been that the doctor is separate. He set himself apart from the people around him. So, you know, I don't know. I feel weird about the idea. You never know. <laughs> feel yeah, I just shower. I mean, I just think it it contradicts you know forty years of established continuity in the series. I always took it because when we first meet the Doctor, he's a grandfather. They've never right. contradicted that. So well, I always, I was always assuming that you know what he's pining for his lost love and that's just the way it is he's lonely he has friends but he keeps it pl platonic I'm so from, from what i understand though those early william hartnell episodes which i managed to get through a few more of um, oh congratulations uh those early episodes with susan um was susan wasn't actually his granddaughter but was another time lord who was younger like a protege no no she's a granddaughter They've, there's never been anything in the series to contradict that she's the granddaughter. I think her, I read somewhere that it, it, that a book or something did that, but uh, it it doesn't well, matter. Is that book canon? I don't think so. I I don't care. They just gave him <laughs> 157 more regenerations or some shit. Oh yeah, no, kidding! kidding. Uh, awesome. Look, uh, at, this, at this point, they've gotten away from canon so much, really? including uh, him having a daughter. Uh, awesome. Which was two seasons ago, and I'm still waiting it to see her. His come daughter. Back. It was his clone. Clone daughter. Clone daughter. Right. Yeah. Oh, I don't have a problem with that. That's hot. Clones are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, we're so taking a left turn on everything tonight. Speaking speaking of clones, um, did you guys see the? I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense. Uh, did you guys see the Ender's Game fan made trailer? No. 
Okay, oh, so these this guy um, has, like many of us, gotten you know pissed off enough that nobody's making an Ender's Game movie that he decided to take a whole bunch of different um, a whole bunch of different films like uh, Star Trek, Star Star Wars episodes one and two, Starship Troopers, Serenity, Soldier, Tron, Legacy, uh, Halo Reach, Deus Ex, a whole bunch of movies and mashed them together to make an Ender's Game movie trailer. Um, it's over on Slash Film. We'll post the link in the show notes um, so you can take a look. It's a little bit weird because having seen most of these movies, you can probably pick out which parts come from which. But there's there's a lot of stuff, especially the stuff from Deus Ex that looks awesome and makes me really wish that no matter what your opinion of the racist asshole who wrote the story, this needs to be made into a movie. <laughs> Yeah, I know. We can't. Yeah. We can't. You can't. You can't play the, that particular game. But well, I wonder uh, if they're going to start mashing up uh, trailer fan trailers now. Because I, I remember they we showed the fan trailer for uh, Rendezvous with Rama earlier. So what if Ender goes to Rama and blows that up? No, you know what I saw that was really cool that has nothing to do with most of this. Is <laughs> talk, talking about. There you go. See? That was not a good segue. That was a great segue because I've just taken a huge left from everything. (laughs) I happened to come across a film last week, actually two weeks ago, that these guys who uh, saw the movie Star Trek Generations that has both Kirk and Picard in it, and they edited Kirk out of the movie. Brilliant! What? And and it's a much better movie. (laughs) If Brilliant. Oh, I think is that, that is perfect. That's exactly right. That's, it, it, I watched it and I just kind of went, holy crap, what a great idea. So, I mean, you know, seeing what these people are doing by, you know, uh, taking existing movies and reworking them, what this guy did with Ender's Game, I think it's all part of a, uh, the probably uh, analogy to a video mashup like they do with music. And I think it's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. I think some really interesting stuff is coming out of it. Well, and you know, it's it's accessible to more people now. And and the only thing that stands in the way of this this fan work is you know people suing the pants off of you know one or two guys who decided to make an awesome trailer for a movie or something. Um, the I think I think that it's a really great thing. And you know, it's it, I mean we've seen it work. It, Paranormal Activity. I haven't seen the second one because honestly, I don't really care. But I mean, the nobody really cares. The, oh, the don't kid yourself. A lot of people care about it. The fact that a that, cool a, that a low budget movie that you know was well made could become that kind of a success right. um, is is just something. I mean, and we've seen it with uh, Brown Coats Brown Coats Redemption. I mean, you yeah. know, I was just about to bring up Brown Coats Redemption because I noticed on Facebook today. That if you would like to receive your DVD by in time for the holidays, you should make your donation by December 1st. And if you go to their website and use the coupon code SFSN2010, you will receive a $2 discount. But that discount will not diminish the money that goes to charity, which is the best part. Now, that was a good segue. There you go. Yeah, right. it was a right. fantastic segue. And, and, and even not... if... Go ahead. I was just going to say, even if you can't get your order in by December 1st, 
it makes a wonderful Valentine's Day present for the one you love. For your sweetie. <laughs> or possibly, right. possibly a Labor Day gift. Of Earth gift. Day? Well, wait, uh, wait. Speaking of Labor Day and Valentine's Day, did folks get to check out the Marvel brothel? Oh, game sweet. Was- <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Wow, wait a minute. excellent segue. I segue? Shoot me now. <laughs> you know, I hadn't, but you, I'm, I'm there now, and uh, it's horrible. I might need to be back in a while. Ew, come on! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you're not. But what? What? What the? What is this? Somebody, somebody, tell me what this is. It's a fan-made RPG game. No, it's not RPG. It's, it's this a, guy had it up, and apparently they've already pulled it off offline. They, uh, t- you know, yeah, clarify okay, that. Pulled it offline. <laughs> but um, he said that it, it was so bad. You go there, and it says something to the effect of uh, Professor X decides that trying to show that mutants are good because they can fight really well is not the way to win fans. Yes. Actually, the way to win people's hearts is by having sex with them. So <laughs> he is starting to pimp out the, the, the X-Men. The X-Men. <laughs> Each client is rated on three items. Horniness, kinkiness, and budget. Are you shitting me? Oh, my God. Woo. Okay, we need this game, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you know, it's it was it, it sounded like a good idea, but these graphics suck. Yeah, yeah the graphics do. are kind of terrible. You're right, they are. I don't even know how you could tell what's going where on those graphics. I mean, it's like those old the the very beginning uh Legend of Zelda graphics. I mean, yeah. way back <laughs> late eighties. Uh... <80s. laughs> It's like the little square pixels and stuff. It's like, really? Well, no, you know, it's like, like 20, 25 years ago, someone had a Callahan's Lady game all set up for themselves. And now they're just like, well, I'm pu- I'll put Gambit in there. <laughs> it's like, uh. Well, then the whole issue comes up about kids. I'm kind of just lost. I don't, I don't understand. Okay. <laughs> okay, so so let's just take it to that next disgusting step, shall we? No. How about we go to <laughs> a, an awesome place? <laughs> and, and this awesome place that I de- I'm go- about to describe is a rumor. It's a rumor about the new Spider-Man movie. And the rumor that is awesome and is a wonderful place where I want to be is Zoe Deschanel as Betty Brandt. That yes. is Awesome. If that's even close to true, Zoe Deschanel is would be awesome as Betty Brandt. Absolutely. But you know there are a lot of rumors uh, swirling about about the movie. It also includes rumors about, uh, or we already know that Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, uh, how do you say it? Reese Ifans? Is it Ifans or Ethans? I think it's Ifans. And and Martin Sheen are in the film. Um, and Sally Field is probably in the field in the film, um, and it's starting to shoot next month. Sally Field, that one, that one kind of bothers me. Just a she must bit. be Aunt May. Yeah. And then Martin Sheen would be what Uncle Ben, or the Vulture. 
No, I think Martin Sheen is uh, uh, or Galactus. Galacticus. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Martin Sheen is Uncle Ben. Yeah. Huh. Um, Sally Field is. Oh wait, where is it? Um, I don't know. I mean, it, uh, it's probably not- Aunt May. Probably Aunt May. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's that's definitely a go. That's definitely yeah. for good. Well, and you know they they said that they weren't going to have Penny in the in the in the in the movie. So, right. you know, we do need a, a female love interest, and at least I want a female love interest. And Zoe Deschanel is always a love interest of mine. Hey, are you kidding? She was great. she was so good in Elf. Give me a break. Sometimes I don't like her, but that's just because of the movies she's in. She has yeah. pretty eyes. Hey guys, great week for TV. Okay. Yes. Dead episode two, and it got renewed. Yes. Renewed for a second season. Yep. Uh, you know, honestly, I have not seen it yet. Oh, you've got to. I, it's well, I, so here's the thing. well done. Here's the thing. Um, I am not a comic book person. Doesn't I never, matter. I never have been. Well, here's the point. Um, I, I've never been a comic book person. I've never read comics. I've read a few, um, which is interesting because we have another story to talk about like that. But um, – the uh, some friends of mine started up a, a website, the Lost Man Comic Review, and so I'm writing a noob column over there. So if you want to see something that I'm writing about comics, I'll be over there. And one of the comics that they ma- said that I had to start with is Walking Dead. So I'm going to read the comics and try to follow along in the comics as I'm watching the television. Yeah. So now is the time. Now is the time for you to watch the show. I would really be interested in your opinion because, I mean, we've read the – it's on issue like 78 now. So I yeah. know what's going to happen seasons ahead now. I know. They're, I know. It's faithful. so cool. <laughs> so I read all the True Blood books and it's still interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're vastly different than the show though. Yes, they are. But you know what? They both have their own merits. <laughs> They absolutely do. The books are basically, you know, beach reads. Yep. There's some really gross stuff in the books. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it's the type of book where you could read literally three of them in one day. Yeah, you could. You're it's absolutely. not well, Asimov, okay? And, and <laughs> <laughs> or Ray Bradbury. Uh, or Heinlein or any of that stuff. You're Talk absolutely And you know what's Bradbury. interesting? That that those kind of books are very popular, the kind that you can just consume. So you would think that comics would also be um, very popular because they're easy to consume and they're small reads. But apparently DC Comics believes that monthly comics are dying and graphic novels are going to be the future of this industry. Yeah, and, and that, that yeah, that's been, people have been talking about that for a while now. Um, first, they thought that um, back in the 90s, there was the whole hype where it's like, well, everything's going to be online now. We'll, no one will ever put anything on paper again, and that hasn't been the case. Well, that's not true. But you know what? Here's but, what I do think will happen. I think the monthly comics will be online. I think online is the absolute perfect forum for the monthly comics, and that graphic novels are the perfect medium for print comics. Well, and I gotta, I gotta say, uh, collected I wh- online comics. We've yeah. seen this happen. Yeah, one of my favorite series is Girl Genius. I've been reading that for years, and Phil and Kaya Folio put out three pages a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. There's a new page, and 
When they get enough of them collected, bang, there's a new trade paperback out. And, and see, that makes perfect sense. And with, yeah, and, and, with more and more tablets coming onto the market in the next couple of years, you know, that's going to be a great way for them to build an application where somebody can subscribe. I mean, I, I, I will not, we don't, we have a couple of comic book shops in, in town and they're not as nice as Double Midnight. So, um, you know, <laughs> that's, that's putting it lightly. Um, so, you know, the, I don't, I'm not going to go to the, co- to the comic book shop. I'm not. I have other things that I have to do. But I would like to read comics on a monthly basis. I just can't, that's not a part of my lifestyle. It's not because so you know I but I would totally subscribe to the Walking Dead monthly you know monthly uh, subscription. But you know, Freak Angels does the same thing. They put out six pages every week without fail, and they've been doing it for what four years now. Now this whole story uh, came about because uh, J. Michael Straczynski has been writing the monthly comics for Superman and Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week just announced, nope, dropping them because he just also did a Superman graphic novel that is outselling both titles by a f- wide margin. So it's it was just made – they're like, nope, Straczynski, we're pulling you off. You are just going to do graphic novels from now on. You're not even going to finish your run. Wow. Well, and I mean I'm- at some point it also gets the, the serialized sort of ruts that come into the – monthly comics and i think this is a big problem it's like reading great expectations or uh any sort of dickens novel that was serialized it's painful it's painful yes i agree and i am a dickens fan but i agree there are just chunks where you're like get on with it because (laughs) yes you've got everybody understands everybody understands charlie you get paid by the word you know yeah that that's great but you're milking it and, yeah. and I think that, you know, yeah. I, I, can, I can see why that might happen in comic books as well. So In the dictionary, next to the word verbose, <laughs> yes. there's your picture. <laughs> um, I got one what? last story that I'm real, or actually we probably got time for more. There's, there's one story <laughs> that I'm really excited about, though. Um, uh, the Timur, I'm going to birch butcher with this name. Timur Batov. Uh, oh, that was horrible. Batov, wow. you were you were damn close. I was damn okay. I was close. Damn um, close. Languages that twins speak. He's he's <laughs> planning. Okay, he's he's directing Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter in the next few months, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but he's also a producer, and one of the movies that he had he is set up with uh, a, a company is to do called the one called Apollo eighteen which is based on the Apollo 18 moon mission in real life that was canceled. But in the film, they went ahead with the mission in secret. Ooh, alternate history. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Sorry. So, so um, it was a part of a bidding war and the Weinstein company won it. Um, and so he's going to be producing it and it's going to be released March 4th, 2011. Oh, that's fast. And not only that, but um, he's also working on a, apparently a deep space movie. So you know what? This guy is somebody to watch. Oh, I agree. I is agree. That, is that your your like uh, freak of the week pick or something? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Is that, yeah. is that a thing? I have one. Okay. Should I chime in with mine? 
It Go is, ahead. It's a blog that was picked up um, a bunch of times this week, and I was shocked and appalled that the rest of the cast hadn't heard of it, called Our Valued Customers. <laughs> and, and this is a blog done by um, a comic store owner in, in New York City, I suppose, Mr. Tim. And I'm, and I'm pulling up his little profile right now. But what, what he does is when, when people come into his store and say absolutely ridiculous things, he draws a little cartoon of them saying it and then posts it on this blog called Our Valued Customers. So he has a couple of different categories. Creeps, crazies, jerks, fighters, and just folks. So okay. these are real things that people said to him or, or near him. And this is totally real supposedly except for the one that's yoda that one's totally not real <laughs> and, and i mean if, if you if you a lot of them are not safe for work there's lots <laughs> of swearing there's lot there's spittle flying i i mean if you if you log into the Ew. just folks category the first one says anxiously to his friend so first there's just green hulk and now there's red hulk this comic's getting too confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the second one, by the way. I heard that Robert Downey Jr. doesn't even read any Iron Man comics in real life. <laughs> Unlike the movie, where he's reading Iron Man comics all the time. <laughs> I'm just going to throw out there, just very quickly before we have to spin our wheel of fish, that um, for those who watch Fringe, uh, we got a real treat this week. I thought it was a fantastic episode, and I got really creeped out because I thought numbers stations, which are these apparently real, we looked them up because I'm I'm Google. I had my laptop open and I was googling it as it happened because I'm like this can't be real, and there are it's these these shortwave radio stations where they just suddenly start playing numbers. And one of the ones we actually heard, like they talked about in the TV show was it's all in German and it's this creepy, no, like it's a Swedish kid or, or Danish or something. Or, but it was like this creepy nursery music. Like oh, da, 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 da. Yeah. it was creepy, creepy music. And then this kid just saying numbers, like something out of lost or whatever. And that was really creepy to find out that that was real. Yeah. And then uh, they, no one, no one really book. knows. And then they talked about this strange book, and it was funny because I started Googling the book, and I ran to this, um, it, it came up on this blog where a bunch of other fringe people were going, isn't this a real book? And they were all talking to each other about it. Wait, what book is it? I'm curious now. It's not a real book, though. Oh, the Necronomicon? Oh, stop it. No, let's call it. <laughs> Dude, we know that's a real book. <laughs> no, it's called the first peoples yeah something about the first people and but the well, um the author's name i guess there were anagrams people had made some anagrams of the of the name and then we tried to look up this, these anagrams oh, yeah, and was, they made nothing it, no it made it, was, it came out to samuel weiser and it was some 17th century person who liked to eat fruit things. or something i forget <laughs> But it was a great episode. If you haven't seen it, you know, make sure you get this season on Netflix or whatever when it comes out. Get it out. up on Hulu. It's there now. And there it's well go. worth it. Yeah. Fringe has been awesome. This has been yeah. one of the best seasons of Fringe. Uh, 
the uh, of the two. Yeah. Well, no. This is the third season, smartass. Number one. <laughs> and number but the first two, one didn't get really amazing till the end. So right, right, you know, exactly. I, I'm a couple of episodes behind, but I'm saving up for a special occasion. <laughs> I'm way behind. <laughs> special occasion being when Sons of Anarchy is done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ariana. Wheel of fish time. Huh? Wheel of fish time. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that wasn't it. That wasn't it either. That was the wheel of fish? Just pull some levers and hit some buttons. Amy Pond, please. Please. Warning. You're going to be married in the morning. And the winner on the Wheel of Fish random number generator of the David Mack Kabuki Volume 2 is Witchy Poo. Woo, Witchy Poo! And Witchy Poo, you'll be getting an email from me saying congratulations on being random. (laughs) (laughs) and thanks for listening and oh now it's time to get to some cool stuff not like what we've done to this point hasn't been cool now now how can people win uh cool stuff on sci-fi saturday night well see here's the deal we're (laughs) about to have this amazing conversation with this wonderful brand new award-winning author and all that they have to do is make a comment in the podcast notes after it's aired, after it's up, and you will be put in the running to be at your name on the Wheel of Fish random number generator to win a copy of the Last Man Anthology. Woohoo! Why Not bad. Is this going to be uh, a, a right? Would this happen to be an author from the Last Man Anthology? Who we've Why hard to believe as it is, it is. Woo! It is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to welcome officially Samantha Boyette. Hi, Samantha. How are you? Good. <laughs> See, Dom's just gloating because he got his author on the show. Yes, I am, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't tell you how happy I am uh, because I really, really not only love the short story, but I also have been reading the novel from... Uh, text novel that won the Editor's Choice and Grand Prize winning. It's called Prime. And (laughs) I've been reading it uh, for the past couple of days. And once again, it's zombies. Wait a minute. This is not about the Transformers? This is not. (laughs) Although it could have been. But in this particular case, it wasn't. I thought about making him a zombie, but I just couldn't figure out how to work it in. <laughs> uh, Optimus Prime brains. Nah, doesn't, <laughs> just doesn't play. So, Samantha, how long have you been writing? Um, writing in a sort of serious way, probably mm, three or four years. And 
as I said to X that I wasn't going to say, but he told me I had to, I actually have been writing in a fun sort of way for the last 10 years, and I got started with that, um, doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan fiction online. Cool. <laughs> he told me I had to admit to that. <laughs> yes, you do. That's uh, the Buffy the Vampire music at the beginning of the show. Mm. Huh? Yes, indeed. <laughs> it was method to our madness, for once. Absolutely. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so... Go ahead. Go ahead, X. Run no, no. It. I was just going to say, so how do you get from uh, writing fanfic basically just for yourself to uh, deciding to take the plunge and doing, uh, you know, submitting to, to uh, publishing companies? Because um, I always liked it, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed the stories. Um, I think writing online fanfiction is a great way to sort of understand how to write a character without having to develop it first. And then once you get a handle on that, then it's easier to develop your own characters. And uh, I had lots of people online who loved it. It's also great because they don't care if it's, you know, well edited or anything. They just care about the story. <laughs> so that's really fun because then you don't have to do the hard part. Now, so I just decided that I should probably try to do something real. <laughs> Excellent. Now, a lot of filmmakers have said that uh, they like to get their start doing horror because it's it seems to cheap be... Cheap and easy. Yeah, basically. <laughs> cheap and easy, what we're all looking for. In wow, I was going to say, you're talking about my life <laughs> right uh, now. Congratulations. I mean, I mean is that, was there a specific conscious decision to go for, like, for horror with zombies there, or is it just an outgrowth from Buffy? Well, this was this wasn't actually the first book that I wrote. It's just the one that has uh, received this prize. Um, I probably have six or eight books that I've written that I've just never really attempted to do much with up until last spring. Um, the first one was actually a fantasy novel about it's a, it's a it's an alternate world fantasy and it's about a girl. It would be for. Uh, for middle grade readers and it's about a girl who turns 12 and wants to become a witch and so she has to apprentice and that sort of thing so actually horror was not what I went with first it just happened to be what I decided to enter in this contest because it was the one that I had just finished getting close to where I wanted it to be okay so <laughs> close to where you wanted to be. So you, what you you decided? I want to I want to try for horror this time around. Or no, I just because I, I didn't even I hadn't even it wasn't even the one I was working on when I started this contest. It was just one that I had written and I was going through and editing a few different ones to try to start selling or try to you know start marketing to an agent. And I wanted to have a few different ones to choose from. Something that was you know, fantasy, something that was horror and something, you know, just different categories. And I got on that website and went, oh, I'll throw this one up there. And, and away it went. So this has been kind of a cool year for you then. It, it has. It's been a cool, like, six months. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I said, to, I said to X the other day because he asked if there was anything else I wanted to talk about. And I said, you know, honestly, I've just been really lucky. The short story that I submitted to... Uh, Last Man Anthology was the first short story I had ever put out there. And uh, this was the first real thing I went after with a book. So I've been terribly lucky. So our advice to all of our listeners, 
with your first novel and your first story, be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and everything else fall into place. <laughs> you know, one thing I, I, I've noticed is that, I mean, zombies have been very popular over the past 10 years or so, but uh, it seems like everybody seems to bring something to the genre. And one thing I really liked about uh, Prime was that you... You show that if you were the survivor of a zombie apocalypse and you had access to drugs, <laughs> you would probably be high quite a bit just to wow. try to deal with this. That's where you're going well, with that's, that's also that if you're, if you're, you know, mostly kids and teenagers without any adult supervision and you have access to drugs. Yes. I like that a lot. But I have to say, I have an issue with that because when the zombie apocalypse comes, and we all know it will, follow me. <laughs> Personally, I'm on the opposite side of that, that I don't want anybody who, if I have to keep them safe, is going to be on something except maybe a little bit of speed because I would feel like I was going to have to constantly take care of them. Now, given their they're teenagers and they don't get that. But that was just my thing that I don't want a, a bunch of people who are tripping out when I'm trying to keep them safe from zombies. But that's my thing. Well, I'm planning on what to do when the apocalypse comes. So. It all depends on the zombies because, you know, if, if they're slow-moving walkers, you know, just push them over. But <laughs> if, they, if they run and climb, then, then you got to be careful. Then you're screwed. You're absolutely screwed. There's no way around it. <laughs> then you might as well be high for as long as you can survive. I mean, why not? <laughs> you know it's all going to end. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm with you on this one, Java. I'm totally with you on this one. <laughs> I know yes, that comes to shock. not make it into my group. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to make it anywhere. We're going to be in some basement somewhere and there's just going to be smoke coming out of the window. We'll be fine. Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, if Samantha, the zombies are of afraid of, hey, if the zombies are afraid of fire, then we should all be smoking. You're right. You're absolutely yes, right. there you go. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, there's fire in their mouths. Yeah, but it's <laughs> really good fire, so I can. <laughs> Not good brains. I want to use the Molotov cocktails. So, we 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 do. Take constant but, left turns tonight, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've yes, got opinions on this. <laughs> Samantha, so, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was your, uh, well, two things actually. But one of the things that I really admired about your work was your, your the depth of your characters. Um, especially in a short story, Life of a Child, um, it really got to me that you were able to bring this child uh, and and make it really real for me uh, to a point where when I got to the end of the story, I was genuinely upset. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, spoiler alert. I didn't say anything. Jeez, give me a break, would you? All I said was I was genuinely upset. And I also really uh, had an affinity for the way your use of words is terrific. Um, the way that what? The way you use words to to just evoke pictures and 
to be evocative. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the word I was going to use, but I keep getting shit every time I say it. <laughs> a little tongue-tied? Mm. No, not me. Never, ever, okay. ever. But, you, you know, <laughs> careful. Uh, never mind. Yeah, well, Sam, tell us a little bit about your story for the Last Man Anthology. Please. Well, okay. Tell you a little bit about it. What do you want to know? It's, uh, it's about being the last kid and having the pressure that that puts on you when everybody in your life thinks that you're this sort of hot commodity because you're the only one. Uh, oh, so, where are you going now? I really right? suck at describing <laughs> things. Wow. <laughs> And we are all struck mute with that description. <laughs> I just sort of thought about how, you know, if you were the last kid and obviously yeah. your parents would want you, but also you'd end up being sort of a status symbol for people, you know, to have that, oh, you know, it's a kid. We have a kid. Nobody else has a kid. Mm-hmm. Much like animals in Blade Runner or do androids stream electric sheep, that having yeah. a real animal is a status symbol. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the, the one yeah. line that really got to me, um, it's about halfway through the story, uh, when he's living in the White House, mm-hmm. and the president sits up and says to him, may God grant you the strength to forgive us when you are a man. Mm. And I just go, yeah. whoa, really nice. It, <laughs> it just kind of nice. threw me. Wow. So what are you working on now? Um, well, trying to get Prime together um, to send to the agent from Text Novel so that he can give his thoughts about it. And uh, then once he gives his thoughts and I address any of that, then he'll get on sending it out to different publishers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, just finished our- writing an- I just finished writing another book that will be the Christmas present for everybody in my family this year <laughs> that is about time travel, which I oh. found very hard to write about because it's all sorts of back and forthness and you have to try to make sure everything makes sense. And the first person I had read it, that was my big question. I was like, did I contradict myself at all in the time travel? Cause I'm not sure even at this point. <laughs> huh. Okay. So you is this like something you do every Christmas for your family as you write them an original story? Um, usually I try to write at least one book um, to give to everybody. Some years I'll have more than one and different people will get different books. What an amazing gift. Wow. Yeah, what, an really? amazing <laughs> gift. what a great that's, idea. That's how uh, Stephen King started the Dark Tower series, if I, I believe, is the first book was a, gift, a Christmas gift to his family and friends. Well, and that's how uh, the Lord of the Rings began as well. What? Get out uh, of here. Lord of the Rings started with a story that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote or, or told to his kids about um, Tom Bombadil. And that was the beginning of the story, Tom Bombadil's interactions with hobbits. And they cut him out of the movie. And they cut him out of the movie. Those oh. bastards. <laughs> I hate when that happens. God. I Samantha... Could we impose upon you to read a little bit of your work? Oh, anything for you. Oh, really? Seriously? Uh, cool. 
I wouldn't be say careful that. what you say, Samantha. That's right. <laughs> she hasn't met like me I yet, said, guys. I have to keep the biggest fan after my mom happy. <laughs> he almost made me cry with all the nice stuff he said last time. Oh, thank you. Well, it was all meant. It was all, you know, from a guy who's a former lit teacher who just kind of read it and went, yeah. You realize, you got to realize, you have two lit teachers sitting here right now. Absolutely. Oh, don't make me nervous for reading it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) So you just want me to read a little bit? So wait, Please. which story? Which what will you be? You'll be reading the, the uh, last in, uh, story or Prime? Or? I, w- I was told I have to read Life of a Child because it's his favorite. <laughs> okay, well again, not the whole thing, but you know, just the you know the really juicy bits. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing's juicy. Come on, didn't you hear what he said? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, she's absolutely right. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, since he brought up that part, I guess we'll uh, we'll read the part where he is with the president. Fair enough. Cool. All right. The next days were a blur. I remember being taken on a very long ride in one of the trucks, which had to stop often to refuel or cool the engines. I clung to the man who had found me, simply because he was less frightening than the rest of the men. At night, we camped along the road, and no one tucked me into my bed. I was taken to the home of a man and was later told that he was the president. I had never heard of a president before then. Apparently, he had heard of me. The president was a tall man with gray hair, dark eyes, and a weary smile. His wife had nearly as much gray hair as him and kind blue eyes. He was nice enough. He gave me a bedroom of my own with plenty of toys and a soft bed. I did as I was told, even though it hurt every time I called them by their new names, father and mother. I lived with the president and his wife for three years. In that time, I learned a great deal about who I was. When they didn't think I was listening, they spoke of a special drug called full-term. They said it was supposed to be a miracle. For 25 years, full-term was given to every child born. The disease that had been killing so many before they reached adulthood was stopped in its tracks. By the time doctors linked full-term to the falling birth rates, it was too late. Because of full-term, I shouldn't have been born. I didn't know, I don't know what made my mother different. On many nights when the president drank, he came quietly into my bedroom. I never heard him until he sat at the edge of my bed and I awoke to the smell of gin on his breath. You're the last Finnegan, he used to say, the only child left in this world. And we have done you wrong. It's it's only that we wanted a child so badly. He put his head in his hands and cried. I thought he would never stop. Eventually he sat up again and patted my back. May God grant you the strength to forgive us when you are a man. And that's Dome's favorite line, so that's where I'll quit. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. So, we have this book that's available. We have the book on text novel, which we hope is going to be will be available for quite a while still. That's awesome. We have all kinds of new stuff coming in, and I hear a riggy dingy. Roger, Roger. <laughs> Did we lose you? Well, I, I do have to. I have to give a thank you to my friend Steve, who is my my first editor for everything. He does far more than he ever should for me when it comes to editing my books. Ah. <laughs> thank you. Did we miss the story? You did. Uh, was it but good? You- 
It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'm glad we got you on the show. It was awesome. But then again, it was read by the text novel grand prize winner. (laughs) And also, don't forget, X, that you can absolutely re-listen to it on iTunes. I can indeed. But what if I need to have a a physical copy in my hand? Where can I get that? Physical copy of the story, you go to Sword and Saga Press. You can buy it right on their website. And if you put in Atlantis 1 in the offer code, you'll get a $3 discount off the book. Now, what if I just want to read an excerpt of of some of her stories, though? Where would Mm. I go for that? We'll be able to find that one at textnovel.com, and we'll have the link for that up there for you. Sam, do you actually have a website? I do. It is samanthaboyette.com. Fantastic. And hopefully he'll put a link up for that, too. Yes, ma'am. You can check out a couple other books on there, too, that aren't available on TextNovel. Well, then we will definitely have links up for that. Okay, have have we been self serving enough? I think. We oh, have. I think I think we've had some enough shameless plugs. Not not me, uh, guys. Got to tell you, when we have somebody on who's really doing some pretty cool work and that a lot of people don't know about, I think these are the kinds of people we need to have on more often. So, and I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. That sounds like the coming up calendar music. There you go, X. Okay, well. (laughs) Coming up next week, we speak with Thomas Gofton of Sin Studios as he gives us an exclusive look at the new web series, Mind's Eye. Then on November 27th, Dave Sanders and John Tallarico of RunawayCreations.com plug their latest game, Attraction. And on December 4th, Anne Zabla guides us through the historical fantasy epic webcomic series, Chaldean. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con coming up on April 30th, 2011. And of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. The Sci-Fi Saturday Night crew get their comics at Double Midnight Comics and Collectibles in Manchester, New Hampshire. Check out AnotherHeaven.com for the best selection of Asian and cult cinema DVDs. And visit AdamsMedia.com, the first name in nonfiction publishing. Tonight's outro music provided by Zenoys. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Dome. I want to thank author Samantha Boyette for joining us tonight and uh, best of luck to you for all that you're doing. Uh, it's great fun having you on the show. Please come back anytime. All right. Thank you very much. From the Alston Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, thank you for all that you do. Great. <laughs> From the Four Color Vault comics great thanks to illustrator x and the dome stain the dead red head dead and loving it from outpost gallifrey our crop circle investigator thank you java absolutely this is the dome saying genie shared pain is lessened shared joy is increased thus do we all refute entropy good night everyone
shiny. Let's be bad guys. 